0: The presenting sponsor of Moon Tower Soccer is FVF Law. To find out what makes FVF a different kind of injury law firm, you can visit fef.law.
1: Hello, friends, and thanks for listening to Moon Tower Soccer. This week, we're going to cover some Austin FC news, answer some listener questions, and do a little roster spot roundup. My name is Landon Cottom, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr.
0: Jeremiah Bentley. Hey, everybody, I'm Jeremiah Bentley. We're recording a day late, and Landon, you don't... Do you feel like your best self or not right now? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know what? It's still gonna be it's gonna be a great show anyhow. But I think the thing that the that's most interesting that happened to us this week is we got a chance to play on the pitch at Q2 yesterday. Like, what did you think about that experience? It was pretty stinking cool. Like to walk
1: out onto that grass without anybody yelling at us, uh, or <laughs> right. following without following the queen onto it. Um It was really it was really cool. I think it would have the only thing that could have made it better was like would be to do it at night with the lights on. I think that could have made it a bit more special. But it was really cool to get to go play on that pitch.
0: Yeah, that was great. So for people that don't know, they uh, Austin FC invited members of the local media to play a a nine on nine game with ample subs because there were a lot of people that needed subs (laughs) subs during that game Um, on the pitch, and it was what between the eighteen yard boxes basically it was full field width. Almost full field length, and that was a, I do don't know—that was a lot of running for me too. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, um, it, mostly because of my uh, my physical state that would come to be. I knew I was so tired at the time, but <laughs> it was, yeah, I de- was definitely use, taking advantage of those hockey subs.
0: Yeah, and shout out to Brittany Flowers. I think it was the MVP of the game. Uh, she was on. I don't remember what the team names were. But the green uh, team, the Verde team. Yeah, we were
1: Verde, and we were
0: Listos, I believe. Okay. So yeah, Team Faraday won ten to six or nine to six, or I don't know the scores sort of <laughs> not a secondary. lot of defense. not a lot of defense. I think it was five five at the half. I noticed the game slowed down a lot in the second half as everybody tired, and even the subs. <laughs> subs are a little bit tired. And man, I ended up uh, uh, trying to mark Bob Blue from CBS Sports, who's like a menace on the pitch. Like that guy is big and like surprisingly quick for a guy that size. Like he's he's a really good player.
1: Yeah. Bob was great. He's like my favorite. Um, like I love watching like tall, lanky guys strike a ball really cleanly. I don't know what it is. I, it's, I find it really pleasing. And Bob is, I don't know. He's probably six, four, six, five. He's a pretty tall guy. And he hit, a, he scored at least one really nice goal, if not two or three, but, um, he hit some really nice ones. I think Brittany scored a banger, uh, at least yeah. that works for the front office scored a really nice one. There's some really cool goals. Yeah. Oh, and, and Roberto we were, of the striker had two really nice ones.
0: Yeah, I know. I think he beat me on both of them. I was like, at, <laughs> at, one, at one point, like Roberto looked, in, looked me in the eyes when he had the ball and we were one on one. And he's like, I played thousands, this game thousands of times and you played it like four. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is what's going to happen when, these, when these, this type of experience lines up. And that's exactly what happened. So he, I think he got around me, beat Lincoln Riley maybe two or three other people and put one in the back of the net but it was it was a super good time to to be able to go out there on monday and do that i'm very happy that it ended up being yesterday and not the week before when, when it was originally scheduled because it was also like 40 degrees and raining i think that day but yeah. beautiful day on the pitch ryan cam please invite us back to do that again we had a great time all right let's jump into some of the latest austin fc news
1: i think some of the biggest news that's happened is brad stuver got a new contract um
0: Jeremiah, do you want to go through the details that we have about that one? We Yes, the details that we were given, for sure. But he's So the deal includes three guaranteed years, so that's 23, 24, 25. So he's going to be here at least three years. And there's an option for 26, which I assume is a club option. It doesn't say that specifically. Um, so he's almost to the point where you'd expect the, the man to spend the rest of his career in Austin at this point, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say unless, um, barring like... A bad injury or something. Maybe the options don't get picked up. But uh
0: yeah, you you would think that would be retirement age whenever whenever he gets to the end of that one. Yeah, he's 31 now. So it'd be his like basically his age, 32, 33, 34 seasons, option on the thirty-five. Um, so may- maybe he would sign again. But uh that's awesome. I mean, I think people I don't know that anybody was nervous, but I feel like people were wondering why we just got the news that Austin picked up the option without there being like a contract extension news when the when it first came out a few weeks ago so it's good to see that he is locked down for the time being
1: yeah I I had a conversation with someone a week ago and they were asking like how much we thought that contract would be and how much like it would need to be in order to keep him around do you have a guess at that because the the person I was talking to their guess was way higher
0: than I thought it would need to be (laughs) you're getting there I've I mean, what was he making before? Like 175? I think one eighty-five, one seventy-five base, one eighty-five guaranteed. I mean, this is am just completely pulling numbers out of thin air, but I would like doubling that seems like it would probably be in good shape. I don't know what I don't even maybe we should have done more research on this before the show. Since so no. we're just looking at payment, but I don't know what the average goalkeeper makes in the I, league. The, either. Some of
1: the highest in the league are making like five, six hundred K. And so I think if you yeah. I, I don't like the person I was talking to was saying like, what, we're going to have to pay Stuver like six, 700,000 to get him to stay. I was like, no, he's, it won't take that much because a like the market for keepers isn't that high b like, he is like a little bit older now. And I think it's just like, get him a payday that makes him happy enough to not have to move cities again. <laughs> and I think that's enough probably. And so we we won't find out until the spring when the, MLS Players Association releases the salary numbers, uh, what it actually was. But whatever it was, apparently Brad was happy with it, and we're all happy that he's going to be here for a while.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you think it's probably a little bit like the uh, Gallagher deal, where you, you you take a longer term for more security, probably for a little less money. But then you know the deal's wrapped up; and you don't have to worry about it again. Right, and
1: you're going to get that every year during the contract instead of uh, taking a gamble for maybe one
0: one payday uh, somewhere else that maybe doesn't pan out. For sure. And then we got another deal uh, officially. So we talked about this Alfonso Ocampo Chavez odd transaction. I think was that on last week's show, right? Was uh, a week yeah. ago when they made that? So Austin today officially announced they had reached an agreement to sign uh, Alfonso Ocampo Chavez, who joins the Verde and Black on a one-year guaranteed deal through the end of 2023 with two years of club option. So he's a young guy, right? He's at like, 20, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and he qualifies both as a homegrown, which I think is something we weren't sure about, but thought he was last week and he will be on the supplemental roster. And we will talk about why people should care about that in a minute when we get sort of into the, the roster slots and where Austin stands today and where we can add extra players.
1: Yeah. So we, we said last week that they picked him up on, uh, was it re-entry? Yeah. Re-entry draft. They picked him up there that essentially gave them the right to negotiate a contract with him. Um, and now they have negotiated and signed a contract with them. So that's all this means. It's become official. He's officially going to be on the team. Uh, I would suspect that AOC will be starting out with the MLS Next Pro team. Um, and again, we'll, we'll get into some of these roster spots and what they mean and why that homegrown designation helps with that. But I would guess that he'll, he'll get, of course, he'll get a chance to to compete for first team minutes, but my guess is the sights on
0: this guy are set for next pro minutes. And he's at an age where he needs to play. Right? He's twenty. Yeah. He needs to get. He needs to get minutes. He needs to develop, especially with this one year guaranteed and options for the future. The club needs to see whether he's going to develop or not, so they can decide what they're going to do down the road. So it makes a ton of sense for him to get a bunch of minutes in MLS next pro and then contribute in all the extra competitions that Austin FC is going to have this year, as far as the first team goes in the U S open cup and leagues cup and all these other things that we're going to do. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, so some other news, this is still just in the rumor category here. Uh, Hernan from we are Austin TV posted this on Twitter, uh, did not say where he heard it, but then we've kind of talked to folks who who generally find this stuff out a little bit earlier than the general population, and they're they're saying it's it might be true. So Jossie Zardes uh, potentially coming to Austin. Um, what,
0: what what are your thoughts on this, Jeremiah? On Jossie Zardes coming to Austin? Yeah, I think he feels. Obviously, it all comes down to the money. I think I think I may have said this on Twitter before. Like a lot of it comes down to how much they're willing to pay him. Jossie Zardes it. A million dollars a year, I'm probably not super excited about. Jesse Zardes at something less than that, five six 600000 I think he fills a position of need. I think he... I mean, there's money there available, right? When you get Danny Houston's salary off the books. Like, there's money to sign another forward. And I don't think that Arruti or g j have done anything that cements them as, like, the only choice. And his most successful years are in a system that are very similar to the one that Josh Wolf plays now. So like, you can see how he would fit into the way Josh wants to play and be able to deliver value in a system in a way maybe he couldn't in Colorado.
1: Yeah, uh, I I know a lot of people are not Jossie Zardes fans. I would guess most of those people are fans of the U.S. national team. I think that if Jossie Sardes were from any other country putting up the kinds of numbers that he's put up in MLS, that Austin FC fans would be very excited about the prospect of signing him but because of the time he played for the national team and just kind of the the contentious era that he was a part of that team. I think a lot of people have negative feelings towards him, but if you just look at the numbers that he's put up in MLS, they're very good. They're better than what Maxi Ruti has done. They're similar ages, have been in the league for similar amounts of time, and Zardez's numbers are better than Maxi's. And if you take out the years where Zardes was playing out of position, which was, I think, three of his four years at the Galaxy, he was playing as a wide midfielder, a winger, sometimes in central midfield. Um, If you take those years out of it, then his numbers are are significantly better than Uruti's. So, yeah, I I think this will come down to um, health for him if he can stay healthy, I think he'll be a really good addition to this team. He's, he's a striker who needs to be in the right setting in the right system. His most successful years came in Columbus with Greg Berhalter and Josh Wolf as his coaches. And so I think if there is a setting where he's going to succeed, this is the one. And so it's a matter of whether or not he can stay healthy because he has had some injury problems, uh, throughout his career and some pretty recently. So, um, yeah, I, I think if if we get 100 percent healthy Zardes, then this is a really good a really good signing if it happens.
0: Yeah, and then he scored. Is this right? He scored nine goals last year in yeah. in Colorado. Even on a what a very off year, he didn't even play the full season. Right? He played. I think he signed. Kind of. It was. Late I think and, it was nine goals
1: between Columbus and Colorado. Um, okay, but he was not. They were bench. They benched him for a while in columbus because they were trying to sell him and so they were playing barry ahead of him ended up selling both of them uh and then brought in cucho hernandez which i think that was a good deal (laughs) um but yeah on a a a bad team on a year he was wasn't playing consistently wasn't healthy the whole year and still put up the same numbers as maxi did this season
0: yeah that's 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 really the point i wanted to get back to it's like even on i think everybody would assume it's like the by far the a really bad year. Maybe not the worst year of his career because he was like playing striker, but yeah, a really down year. And still, you, your, your point holds. I think he could succeed in Austin depending upon what, uh, what the money is and where Austin wants to invest.
1: All right. So there's a couple of players now that we kind of assumed were going to be gone, uh, but didn't have that 100% confirmation that there weren't deals being renegotiated. In the background, we now know that Andrew Tarbell and Felipe have signed with other teams. So, R.I.P. Andrew and Felipe. We'll miss you guys.
0: Yeah. So Andrew Tarbell goes out to the Houston Dynamo. Uh, so that's a little bit of an interesting in-state uh, rivalry move there. So I guess he. Do you, this is my question. Do you think he will he be competing with Steve Clark for starting minutes? We talked about how he was. You know, he was looking to go to. A, we thought he would leave to go to a team where he would at least be competitive for minutes. I feel like that is a spot where maybe he can. I know that Clark started, I think 33 matches last year, but Houston was also at the bottom of the league. So I'd imagine that they have, have some needs to have competition keeper.
1: I think this is a year where Steve Clark has really kind of been on, a on a downward trend as far as, uh, as far as his performance goes, he's, a guy who's a really high level keeper in the league for, for quite a while. And he was not that this season. And so, um, if he doesn't have some kind of turnaround, maybe he does. I know they have, um, what is that guy's name? Uh, Michael Nelson is their backup keeper this year. I don't know anything about this guy. Uh, I don't know. It looks like he was on loan at some point. So I don't know what the prospects are with that guy, but Tarbell really could be competing for a starting spot there, which is um, interesting. Maybe good for, for Austin as as far as Western conference <laughs> competition goes.
0: Although he probably had his best game when we were in Houston. Yeah. He right. Played really well we that day <laughs> on the other side, when he got called into action, surprisingly when Stever went out and injured himself. But yeah, I mean, I, seems like a good dude I, You remember, remember do you remember him coming to hop squad i wasn't there, there that day but okay, I heard the story. Yeah. yeah yeah he and his wife came to hop squad like before the first game started maybe like a month before the season started and like hung out and just seemed like a really good guy that's the only interaction i think a lot of us probably have with him but uh like we'll wish him the wish him the best um what do you say wish him luck in his future endeavors is what we will do in houston but not <laughs> not too much luck when austin plays yeah
1: uh, the other one is Felipe. He signed a contract with Orlando. And so I feel like I, th- th- this is the one that we said like on an emotional level would be sad about, but on a soccer level, this is probably the right call. Um, I think Sophie on Jeff Hall is the new Felipe and we don't really need Felipe. If we have Jeff Hall on the roster, I think spiritually, I feel like Felipe fits in really well in Orlando. <laughs> they're, yes, I think they're so. a team full of full of little Felipes, It seems like, and so I think I don't know. Maybe he'll be in competition with some of them, but or or maybe uh, hopefully he he f- feels at home though.
0: It was funny, like reading his social media stuff. He had this like very heartfelt, you know, thanks to Austin, thanks to the fans, thanks for every opportunity that I could have and stuff. Like, and in the same day. Like, let's go punch the people in the face in Orlando. Like, it, just, the same, <laughs> yeah. it was just such the Felipe thing. It's like, I'm going to have this very, like, thoughtful, caring, loving deal, but I'm also already on to the next chapter.
1: Yeah. At the same yeah. time. And his, his goodbye message was probably a copy-paste of the one he sent to the DC fans <laughs> last probably, year. Probably,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that leads to a question. We're going to go to Lister questions, so I thought this one was pretty good because it was specific to this issue. Is with the departure of Felipe, does Austin have enough sh- housing on their roster? Mm. I and where where do we, or the other question maybe is like where do we find it uh like internally maybe maybe we have to go outside and find it but like among the the guys that we have like who would you trust to run a game out or you know get in the way of a corner kick when he's warming up or anything like that that Felipe uniquely brought to the club
1: yeah so I was gonna say that Felipe wasn't on the field enough so maybe that the guys we have could do it but Felipe didn't have to be on the field. To be participating in that, right? <laughs> right. Um, and so, yeah, I think we're going to lack in that because I don't know from what I've seen of Jeff Fall, I don't know that he brings that. And so, and also, that's like that's a veterans game. Like Felipe's game is a veterans game. You're not doing that at 23 years old. And so, yeah, right. I, I think we really do need to to step it up. I could see maybe Ruben now that he's been in the league for a year that maybe he could uh, step up his uh his poop housing game a little bit. Uh after that, like I don't know. I feel like Danny maybe could come into his
0: own and, and pick up some of that slack. Um is, is there anyone else that you think I guess the problem with Danny, he's just like he's such a target already that I feel like he doesn't need to to add into that. I would think just back to our little bit of our earlier conversation, if Maxi Aruti is seeing less of the field, he could bring more of the on the sideline, you know, warming up, causing trouble. Thing, um, because he seems like he would probably be pretty good at it and has some experience at that. Just a professional time waster. I think I think he's probably the best potential to move into that slot if he's not starting every match. Yeah, we do still have uh, a few roster
1: spots open, so maybe they're targeting that that profile for one of those.
0: Yeah. Um. Let's go to. Oh, this is the roster talk. This is, I wanted to ask you this question because this came up last week we were just talking about being sort of sad about people who weren't like people moving on. And this uh, Tarbell's one of those, like Tarbell was day one, you know, guy he's gone. So how many players from the, this is from the roster overall, whether they made the game day or not that we had for the L- opener against LAFC last season are still with the squad. Like I went and looked this up. What do you think that number is? Oh man. I mean, if you look at that guess, lineup, like, it's insane. I don't have the lineup up. I have
1: some, names in front of me here i'm gonna say like
0: 10 10 is the exact number oh wow good job i thought yeah. I was gonna be way off <laughs> no 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 it's exactly 10 and this is gonna be part where we try to remember them all uh so there's five defenders so it's lima gallagher cascante uh um, romagna romagna and Colmanich, there you go it's like there's one other wide back then it's ring Rodney Redis, uh, Diego, Danny, and this is going to make for really bad like audio. <laughs> it's just one more. No, oh, Stuver. Stuver's Stuber. all... oh, the yeah, other one. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, so it's just those 10. Yeah, it's like five defenders, like what? yeah. I had, I had some uh, mnemonic device that obviously failed me there at point. so yeah, so we're down to 10.. <laughs> 10 that we originally had that are are left on left on there so I thought that was just like a really good example of like how quick roster turnover happens um, that that would be the case so we added guys during the year um, but that's kind of it so when we get to next year we will be or a couple years down the road we're gonna be running out of like original Austin FC players I can't I wonder who the last one will be Hopefully, Danny. Hopefully, Danny sticks around long enough. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, it would be one of these forever guys. He's most likely. He's the one most likely to get it swept up into Europe, right? As opposed to just maybe.
1: I mean, I think he's like at an age now where maybe that becomes um, like less of a sure thing. Because like, there's this level of MLS guy who could go to Europe and could like take a chance on it, or it's it's like that security thing we talked about. Like, yeah, I can go to. You look at guys like Gianluca Busio, uh, Tanner Testman, who left young from here, went over. They're playing in the Italian second division right now because they got relegated. And so it's like that's almost as good as you could hope for going over at a certain level of like MLS skill level. And so if Danny can like come on and really improve certain parts of his game, yeah, he could go over to Europe and, and probably play somewhere. But uh, if he kind of if he doesn't have like a huge uptick, then maybe it's a safer and more secure thing to just like become just a really good MLS player over his career and kind of uh, make that his path instead. So I think it depends. I think this year will tell us a lot about maybe what Danny's real trajectory is. Um, But yeah, I think like him, I mean with Stuver being locked in now, I think there's a real possibility. He's the last one
0: standing. Right. That's probably true. I mean, what, like, that would be pretty cool too. Like, just one of the original club legends. I think that everybody, like, fuck everybody's from day one, either you know, like a Stu, either Stuver or Diego is probably your guy. Um, yeah.
1: Depending, we'll get into this as well. But if Diego gets a new contract sometime in the next year, then that would be
0: a cool one to have uh as kind of the long term legend. Yeah. All right. Do you want to, let's talk through the roster itself now. We went and looked that up. Oh, and, First of all, because like we this came up, thanks to the guys, thanks to Cam or whoever's uh, on the Austin FC website that makes sure that the roster is actually up to date. Because I know it's something we struggled with a little bit last year, but uh, like if you go to the site, it's 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 very current, and so it was very easy to do this research as far as who we have and what spots. Um, so I don't let you want to just start with like senior versus supplemental in general, like what those things mean. You think it's uh, a good, good point? Yeah.
1: I think that's good. I think the the main way to think about it is senior spots will count towards the salary budget. Supplemental spots will not. Do you think that's a a good correct
0: like, baseline division? Baseline, yeah. There's twenty. There's twenty senior spots, and ten ten supplemental spots. That's the other part of that. So yes, that's right. Yeah, the only the twenty senior spots count against your salary budget, and there's some. Well, I guess three of them, at least, don't count fully against them. But um, right now, of those set 20 senior spots, 17 of them are occupied at the moment uh, for Austin FC after all the, the people went out of contract and, and whatever. I think the most interesting one of those is Tomas Pacchettino, is currently a senior roster player. So maybe we have 16 and maybe we have 17. Do, and I guess we maybe we'll get into this and in listener questions. Do you want to cover him now, or do you want to talk about him later? Uh, let's go ahead and talk about him now. Okay. So I think one of the listener questions, I don't remember who it was from, it was from Patreon, it was like, what is the best case and worst case for Tomas Pacchettino?" Yeah, I'll f- I'll find it real quick so we can give, uh, this
1: is from Beef Jerky on Patreon. And yeah, best case, worst case scenario for Tomas Pochettino. Um I think the worst case scenario is Austin can't find anywhere to put him, and he ends up having to come back onto the roster. I think if that happens, the likely scenario would be we buy him out, which ends up being pretty expensive for the money that he was on. Um, I think the best case scenario is we find a buyer, someone who wants to buy him outright, and we just get him off the books entirely. I think the most likely scenario
0: is somewhere in between, which is probably another loan. Yeah, I think that is probably the way to do it. So you mentioned buyout, and the reason that a buyout would be bad is one is expensive and two it is the mls roster rules i believe still only allow you to buy out one player per year so having to do that on thomas Pachettino also restricts austin's flexibility on doing that with anybody else i mean i guess yeah my best case is that we find somewhere to sell him my worst case is the same that he comes back unchanged i have some slight hope that if he ends up back in austin that knowing that It didn't work out in Reaver that um, maybe he's repentant and wants to fit in the system a little bit more. But I just don't think that's a good situation for anybody. And I think he's, and I think he would be on a lot of money for the spot that he would fill or not fill. Like he's in a position that's pretty full. That like there's not a lot of minutes to go around either for him, right? Yeah, I think
1: yeah. For as much he's his guaranteed compensation is listed as five eighty five, and so again, for like that, being a guy who it's hard to see where he really slots into this team easily with several other guys playing in those same positions, like, yeah, I, that's an expensive backup at that point. I don't, and that's, that's assuming that he wants to be here and that Wolf wants him to be here anyway. So it seems
0: like a bad, <laughs> Which bad is a situation. big assumption, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So that's, that's one through 20. Do you want to cover anybody else on the one through 20 or just kind of leave it at that? So we've got three spots to fill.
1: I I think the, the main thing to point out there is that we've got, yeah, three or four spots, which is like, considering that we did not lose any starters, really like, no starters right like any of our regular starters we didn't lose any of those so we have three of the three to four of these senior roster spots to fill with backup players which i think is a good place to be in at this point
0: yeah and i feel like it's maybe the same place that austin was in last year at this point in time which i think everybody was stressed out about right because we come off such a bad season right and they had a few spots to fill um and so i think definitely austin's in a lot better place than they were they were the year before in terms of being able to to get players that fill the positions of most need on the roster Okay, so let's go into supplemental, and supplemental gets weird. So there's 10 spots, and the first one is... I kind of like to think of these as like senior supplemental
1: and junior supplemental. Okay. Okay, let's go with that. Does that make sense? Because the supplemental 21 through 24, I believe Felipe was in that category. Yeah. Because he was over a certain age. I can't remember what that age is, but there's a certain age that if you're higher than you can't be in the second division of supplemental. Yeah. And then so there's 20, also money
0: differences in them. Uh, so Slots 21 through 24 are filled with senior minimum salary players, 84,000, which includes homegrown, which can include homegrowns, Generation Adidas, you know, or other types of players that are all uh, at that age. 25 through 28 are going to be reserved minimum players who are 24 years old or younger. So that's kind of the difference between those two um, slots.
1: Yeah, and then there's this the next division, which is homegrown's, right? And so it's listed as twenty nine through thirty. But am I not am, am I right in thinking that you can have unlimited
0: homegrown players? You can have unlimited homegrown players if they're making the reserve minimum salary. They slot in at twenty nine or thirty. If you have a homegrown player, you're paying more than that. Then they they have to they they fill in somewhere else on the roster.
1: But can you have a thirty one? You can only have thirty. Okay. So this but might they, help us
0: answer some of the next questions. <laughs> that we yeah, have. but so, they, they, so, but your homegrown's could be anywhere unless supplemental. But if they earn the reserve minimum salary, they can only be twenty nine or thirty. Okay, if they earn more than that, they could be twenty one through twenty four or twenty three through twenty eight. It's very confusing. Let's go through <laughs> who we have in those spots right now. Maybe so. In twenty one through twenty four, we just have Kip Keller and Danny Pereira, both Generation Adidas players. Uh, Both super draft picks. So we have two slots left there, which we can fill with a senior minimum player who's 25 or up. That's probably what we're going to fill it with. That seems the most likely
1: one because generation Adidas players are usually like top five picks in the draft, which unless we trade for one of those picks, we're not going to get a GA player this year. So it would most likely be like, yeah, this is
0: going to be your Felipe replacement as far as roster spot and salary go. And then 25 through 28, we have Charlie Ascencio, who was loaned out last year, right? So some of these have some flexibility, too, in terms of right. if the player gets loaned out. You can fill them up. Um, you have Jafal, and you have Damian Loss. So there's one slot left there. And then 29 and 30, who are supplemented roster players who are homegrowns. Well, I assume that to be Owen Wolf and um, Ocampo Chavez. But if Ocampo Chavez could theoretically be earning more than the minimum salary. He would fit into one of the other supplemental spots. So I believe him to be there, but it's not necessarily the case. Yeah, it's a possibility he could be in one of those higher spots. Um, Not sure. We'll find out in the spring. (laughs) This is probably one of those where we're going to get a call from the team afterwards about how how much we messed up all this roster stuff and trying to describe it like good try, boys, but also (laughs) you're wildly inaccurate. But I I think, I guess, the punchline of all that is we have four, what, six seven spots left open and then with loans maybe even a little more flexibility beyond that So, like there's a lot of there are a lot of open there's a lot of availability to shape the roster in a different way uh, in yeah. 2023 which is exciting
1: um another thing roster spot wise that i think is interesting maybe concerning is that we have seven out of eight international spots used and is this this is
0: including pochettino i'm guessing well, he's not listed on the website as an international, so I don't know if he was one of the guys who got a green card, or if it's just not.
1: But he's, he's not he's
0: not counted in in the seven here. Right. Okay. So yes, he's not one of the seven. So he would either be the eighth, which would be a good reason to get him out, or another reason that we, he needs to be out. Or I can't remember, but remember the guys but got a bunch of guys got green cards at the beginning of last year, and I don't know if he was one of them or not. Probably yeah. not. Cause no, I don't glob. think so.
1: Yeah. I don't think so. Um, so this makes me think a few different things. So Jeff Fall is taking up an international roster spot. And so that makes me think that maybe that's one of the reasons DC was wanted to get rid of him or was willing to, to let him go is because he was taking up an international roster spot while also taking up a supplemental spot. Um, But it makes me think either Austin is not worried about international roster spots and are going to be looking at free agency or uh, like trades within MLS to fill out the rest of the roster or that they have some other guys who are close to getting green cards and they're going to free up some of those international spots. So looking at Austin's roster, um, I guess like maybe Drew, has been here the longest of the international guys, so he could potentially be close to getting,
0: uh, I, mean, I think Danny, more. I think Danny and Ruben would probably, if they moved as quickly as they moved last year, like with the and some of the others, like
1: I know Danny's like on a different track though. Cause he was like asylum seeker, maybe working on, uh, citizenship. And so I don't like, I don't understand it all enough to know like what that, where that process lies. So like Danny's been here longer, but his process might take longer also. And so it's, I don't know, like, immigration law is very complicated, and I'm not going to pretend to try to understand it enough to make any guesses on this, but either Austin is not worried about roster spots, or they have some more coming in.
0: Yeah, and another. you can always acquire them, right? I mean, we saw that happen uh, last year with, I don't remember what the going rate was, but teams were buying and Nashville sold a bunch of international roster slots. Yeah. It's
1: like 150 to 250 K I think is
0: what they've gone for in the
1: last year or so.
0: So there's enough going around that if Austin really needed to get one and get a guy in, they could probably acquire one.
1: Um, Let's go on to the next roster designation. So designated players, I think everyone's going to be fairly versed in what just a general designated player is. We have all three of those used. The third of which is a little bit complicated. Do we want to get into this part now, or should we push this to? Let's let's
0: let's read the let's read the listener question and then go and get to this part now too. Okay. And that was a question from Daniel Nelson. Does because we know okay, so the two obvious ones are Rigoni and Trusi, and Rigoni. Uh, the third question is, does Ring have to say a DP with a club? Why can't he pay, be paid with TAM now and let us get another DP? So what is it about the third DP spot? Which also ties into the U22 roster initiative that makes this complicated or like it doesn't make sense to do anything other than what Austin's doing right now.
1: Yeah. So um, do you want to explain the U22 spots first and then we can let's explain do that. this together? Yeah. Okay. Yes, let's
0: do that. <laughs> this like we did this, what a year and a half ago before we had any players and it seemed like super complicated. Now, yeah. at least now that we have like names to tag this, it's a little bit easier. So yes, in addition to three designated players, you can also have three U22 spots, which is a player who's 22 years old or younger in the first year he's eligible to play an MLS game. Uh, they sign with the first contract of the NFL contract with the MLS provided they meet certain agent compensation requirements. Um, but basically it's a way to recruit young talent. Um, that from other places that maybe you couldn't get otherwise, and there's I mean, special you're allowed
1: to spend more money on, like you can spend transfer fees on them that don't count towards
0: right your towards their their, their salary charge. Yeah, their budget charge is pretty low. I think it's what is it uh, maybe $225, two twenty five or something like that. Yeah,
1: and so they can so, make more than that, but it only counts two twenty five towards your salary budget. The transfer fee doesn't count towards your salary budget, so it's a way to like to try to make MLS a selling league essentially, bring in young guys who have potential within the hopes that you can sell them on at some point in the future. Um, So whenever we're talking about the relationship between designated players and U 22 players, there's two paths you can choose as an MLS club. You can go the max DP route, which means you can have three full designated players. You pay these guys, whatever you want, no, no ceiling to that number. And then you get one U-22 spot if you choose that route. The alternative route is the max U-22 route, which is you get two full designated players. And then that means you get all three U-22 spots. But that third designated player has to be what is considered a max TAM player. And so uh, it's, it's a player who is technically a designated player, but it's a designated player who could theoretically be bought down with Tam, meaning uh, this in 2022, it's $1.6125 million. Uh, This coming year, I think it's going to be $1.65 million. That's max Tam. Um, Alex ring. I think his guaranteed number is like 1.64. And so we could bring in another player. Uh, we, We could make Alex ring a Tam player and bring in another player as a DP but they would still make the same amount of money as Alex Ring. And so it's not like we could make, like buy down Ring with Tam and then bring in another Rigoni or another Gi- Giussi who are making 2 or $3 million. It, it doesn't work like that. We are gonna we would move Alex Ring over and then bring in another Alex Ring salary-wise.
0: And so that at that point, you just sign another Tam player. And that's that's because Roddy Redis, um, John Kulmanich, and Musa Gita are U22 players in um, here and in. So that's why we don't have the flexibility to do a lot with Alex Ring.
1: Jeremiah, should we take a break before we get to the rest of our yeah. listener
0: questions? Yeah, let's yeah, I think now that we've like beaten people to death with roster <laughs> <laughs> rules and qualifications and probably made several mistakes along the way. Well, let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll be back and answer uh, a bunch of listener questions. Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by Sage Wilson Property Group. Again, this is made, we are made possible by Sage Wilson Property Group. So if you or someone you know are in need of Sage real estate advice in Austin, talk to our friends at Sage Wilson Property Group. And
1: as always, Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by our friends at FVF Law, the official injury lawyers of Austin
0: FC. FVF is a different kind of personal injury law firm dedicated to community, transparency, and client education. You
1: can go to fvf.law to find out what makes FVF a different kind of injury law firm and why understanding your legal options can dramatically change the outcome of a case.
0: Once again, that's fvf.law. Hey, so I wanted to ask you on that one. We talked about this. We talked about this off air. So we've been reading why understanding your legal options can dramatically change the outcome of a case for, I don't know, two years now or something. <laughs> but you had you had like a good, like I asked you about it last week. So why do you think understanding your legal options would dramatically change the outcome of a case?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if you're in, like, some type of, i say like the the t- the common one would be like a car accident that wasn't your fault. You got injured in it, and you would like to pursue some type of compensation for that. If you have spoken to an attorney about it, like the folks at FVF Law, they can help you understand your options and then probably get you a better outcome than if you were going about it on your own or um maybe talking to someone who doesn't have your best interests at heart and
0: so right so, so like the lawyer for the insurance company on the other side of things probably yeah. probably yeah. not super interested in helping you out yeah so yeah absolutely give give the folks at FEF law a call before you sign any agreement with like a shady lawyer who twirls his mustache <laughs> <laughs> and has a very fancy briefcase who brings you documents
1: All right, we are back. We're going to go through uh, as many listener questions as we can. We have quite a few, but I think we can get to them all. Uh, The first one comes from Paul Adams from Patreon. He asks How many more signings, if any, would make you confident in our ability to make deep runs in all competitions this year? Any particular positions that you want to see more depth? um, and then the next additional question is do you think the front office took the open cup seriously last year? Do you see them taking it more seriously this year? Uh to briefly answer that second question, I think they did take it seriously. We saw not far from a starting lineup in
0: the only open cup game we played, right? Yeah, I was surprised by the how many of the the first 11 guys were playing in that in that open cup match. So I think I don't know what they we Austin did take it very seriously. Austin just did not play a very good game. Yeah. So maybe the players didn't take it as seriously, but I don't think
1: leadership was sleeping on it just because of the roster they put out. Um, As far as the the first part of the question, how many signings do we need to make? So we talked about those like six or seven, was it six or seven or eight? How many without Pochettino? Let's say without Pochettino, how many? Was it seven? Without Pochettino, it's seven, I believe. Okay. So, With all the competitions that we're playing in this coming year, it's going to be MLS, U.S. Open Cup, CONCACAF Champions League, and Leagues Cup all happening throughout the course of the season. With those spots, Austin needs to hit on most of them. We need to have guys who can contribute at most of these spots if we want to have a chance in any of these competitions, really, because it's going to take a lot out of the team to be competing on that many fronts. We need to be able to rotate guys and and know that those backups can step in and hold the line and compete in these competitions. And so, um, I, I I mean they they're going to fill these spots, but I think they need these guys to be contributors. They we can't have any dead weight and
0: compete in all of these tournaments. So I th- I want to go to the positions. Maybe it says are there any positions you want to see more depth? I'm um, almost like are there any positions where you feel like we're deep enough that we don't need to hit on. Yeah, Maybe, I mean, I would just take it the other way, because I feel like more depth is needed almost everywhere. I think probably in the midfield and central defense, Austin is deep enough, but I think everywhere else, like there, there would need to be some acquisitions in order to make, make deep runs in all those competitions.
1: I'm Yeah, I think um, Winger is strangely a place where we probably need some some reinforcement this year, which I know we winger FC for the first year of the team. Right. Uh, but in looking at the team we have now and like the guys who we know can contribute, we've had guys leave, we've had guys move to different positions. And so we don't really have a ton of options on both sides. I think you have Rigoni and Finley on one side, and then you have Fagundes and who's his backup there
0: at this point. Yeah. I, what are they? I don't know who you play there. Other, you know otherwise. I think you have to like shift yeah. shift formations. I hadn't thought about that.
1: Yeah, so I think we need to bring in another winger. Uh we definitely need a striker. We're losing Husin, we need somebody. I would hope someone that could fight for a starting position um in in that spot. And so I think those are the two ones we actually need depth. I think everywhere else is going to be well, I mean, you got to have a fullback too. I mean, sorry, we we actually need to like reinforce, but then yeah. I think we need places either with like rotational depth or replacing guys and actually like selling guys on trading guys and bringing in an upgrade in those spots. If we want to be better, I think that's an option, but I don't know how much of that is going to be possible or will happen. And I think center back is one of those where like, we could go into the season with the guys we have now and like be okay. We did pretty good this season with the guys we have now, but I think there's, potential for an upgrade if the right players are available.
0: Right, right, a lot of that comes down to who's available and whatever kind of deals whatever kind of deals are made. But I feel like yeah, I I would agree with that, but it's there's opportunity all over the field um to upgrade. It. But uh, there's a lot that, like we said, there's several spots open and that doesn't include we mentioned this too, but that doesn't include um transfers. Now maybe we don't make as many transfers cuz it would be better to have like a Charlie Asensio playing in your MLS next pro squad instead of playing in USL. But uh, that's always an option too to free a spot up, up if you need it. All right. Uh, the next question comes from Elliot. Wynn he
1: says, how does the front office begin to prepare for the eventuality that drew UC is going to leave the team, even if it's in 2024, what sort of player profiles undis- undiscovered talent or skills, etc., does Claudio start searching for? So, In conversations we've had with uh, people like Sean Rubio, other people in in the league or people who know of the league, we know that the front office is always looking for players. Right. And so this is not like, oh, C might leave. We should start looking for players now. Like this is more of a okay, let's go to our list who who might be possible uh, if we lose C. And so, I mean, I think we would need it doesn't need to be the exact same kind of player as Drewcy, but. I think a fairly similar profile to what Drew C is. It maybe it could be like more of a like string puller distributor kind of guy, like, um like a Reynoso. Reynoso. Yeah, maybe, that's who yeah. I was thinking of. Like, but it still needs to be like a guy who plays in central
0: midfield and creates goals in one way or another. Yeah, for sure on this team. I mean, the thing that well, I've said this a bunch that always worries me is like Drew has got to be in the top 10% of designated player signings brought in from out of the league. In, in the league today, maybe in the history of the league. So like to hit on that again is the thing that just stresses me out the most about yeah. him being gone. Is like it was such a find. And I don't know that anybody expected him to be quite as good as he is. I think everybody like obviously saw the talent and he obviously has a pedigree, but just to have the success that he's had in the year and a half is incredible. And I think it'd be very, very hard to find the next Sebastian Driussi.
1: Yeah, I one thing I would like to say though, is like, I don't know that it is an eventuality that Drew C leaves. Um, is it a possibility? Absolutely. He could definitely leave us tomorrow. Like we could lose him tomorrow, but I also think there's a possibility. He falls into the, um, why can't I think of these guys' names? The guy that plays in Portland. Oh, like what? Well, there's like D of Larry. Larry is the one to, I was yeah. trying to think of. Yeah, Just okay. like came to, came to MLS, was happy, found his home, And like, I think Valeri went back to Argentina is playing a year and is going to come back and is going to work for the front office in Portland. And so like some of those guys want that lifestyle and maybe Drew, gets, gets an offer that's too good to refuse and he, he moves on, but I could also see a situation where he decides to stay here and be a superstar for the rest of his career.
0: Yeah. So our next question is from Brian Hensley. Do you see any homegrown signings this offseason? If so, who? Uh,
1: We also, Um, so Logan Jones asked a similar question. Alex Rubio asked a similar question. And so homegrown signings, I, I think we've mentioned a few names on the show before. So looking at these roster spots, I hadn't really thought about it this way until the first half of the show when we were talking about it, but we might be kind of limited by roster spots on how many homegrown signings we make, because if we already have those two in AOC and Wolf on the roster, if we bring in another homegrown signing, we have to take up a roster spot with them. And so I think that makes the question is like, you can't afford for any dead weight on the roster. So like, if you're going to make a homegrown signing, that means this guy's going to play on the first team this year. He's going to contribute to the first team this year. And so as far as like guys who I think might be ready in the next year, I think there are a couple. Um, But as far as guys who will be ready to actually play and give minutes to the first team, that's another question. I I think that might limit the, the guys that we sign. As far as guys who could do it, I think uh, Micah Burton is the one. I think that's probably the name that a lot of people will know. Um, Anthony Gonzalez is a guy who will likely get a shot with the next pro team. He's like, has aged out of the academy, but will almost certainly be given every opportunity to earn his way onto the next pro team. Uh, Brian Arellano is a guy who's been injured this this year and uh, hopefully will be fit again soon, but he's one of those aged out of the academy guys who will get a get a shot to work his way under the next pro team. Um and then I so another one who's I don't know if y'all saw this video floating around on the internet, but Irvin Torres, who is currently U 16, he's the one who's getting called into the Mexico and US national teams. He scored an amazing goal in that tournament in Spain last week. And uh he's a guy who like I was curious to see how he was going to fit into this older group, like the mixed U-17 teams, because he's on the younger end of that team. He fits right in alongside all these guys and still looks like one of the best players on the field. So maybe not this year, probably not this year, but going forward, I think um, Irvin Torres
0: is definitely one to watch. Yeah, I think the big um, thing to think about is that's it. the MLSX Pro team is going to open up a lot of potential for these guys to get different kinds of minutes. Um, so that we don't necessarily need to see them in the first team. And if if we get in this Seattle last year in Austin situation, right, where the there's no nobody available and there's a bunch of kids that have to play, then there's things that the club can do beyond like there's special exemptions and stuff the club that can do beyond having to like sign a kid and find a roster spot or to fill those slots. And I I would expect that's what we're going to see a lot of this year um, if things are going right. Like this is a veteran roster now at this point and there's places for, for younger players to play. So I wouldn't expect to see any, if you know one, maybe if any of those moves.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how Austin and I think how a lot of teams go about that balance between like signing guys to ML MLS next pro contracts. And if like, it's someone who's a, a big enough of a prospect, let's say like these Austin kids who are getting national team call-ups maybe they want a first team contract. They want to take that next step. And all you're offering is a next pro contract. They'll say like, I'm going to go sign with a USL team. I'm going to go to Europe. I'm going to go like do something else and find something else. That's going to give me better prospects for my career. That becomes a real risk, which I mean, I think that's part of becoming like a big boy league, right? Is like losing players and, and having to figure out ways to, to make all of that happen. But Um, it, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see what that strategy is like and how much that plays into like, what kind of, what kind of contracts different guys get at different points in their, in their Academy
0: career. Well, let's go to another Logan Jones question. Do we ride with loss as the backup or do we search for a new one? I think it's a very interesting question.
1: Yeah. I have no idea because we've not seen him play, right? (laughs) Anything (laughs) out of him to know. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I'm sure the coaching staff has a decent idea about this. Um, I think like we're going to sign another keeper. I think that will kind of be the determining or like be the answer to this question, right? It's like if they bring in a more veteran player who they th- seems like could be a reliable number two, it maybe means that they don't fully trust in loss to be the number two right now. Uh, if we take a keeper in the super draft Maybe that means like, okay, yeah, loss is number two, and we're we're gonna take a flyer on this younger guy to be the third the third keeper.
0: Well, what would you do? I, I I would, if it was me, I would bring in a veteran who doesn't need to play a lot to just be the backup in case to fill the Tarbell role, right? Be the backup in case anything bad happens to Stuver, and I would play Damian Loss every single minute possible on the MLS next pro club. Yeah, and I mean, see what you really could get out of him. Like that was. With, with the spots we have available, I feel like Austin has the flexibility to, to do that. I think that would be an ideal
1: scenario just because even, yeah, like even if he is the second string, that's like, like you said, it's almost worse, right? He's never going to play as the second string keeper, or very rarely. Whereas if he's the third, we can afford to move him down to the two team and he can get lots of minutes there. So I, I think that probably is the better option in this case.
0: Let's, and we'll go to another one of Rubio's questions, because I feel like this is one that comes up. The Roddy Redis, what do we expect to see out of him? Do we expect to see him unless Next Pro, loaned out, you know, him and his agent had determined among themselves and nobody else that he was going to be on to a different team this summer. <laughs> what What do you see the future for Roddy Redis? I've, I've heard
1: lots of people talk about moving him to the Next Pro team. I really don't like that, because... Like I've said many times in the show, you can play him on the next pro team, but he's still taking up that roster spot. He's still taking up the salary budget. And so, sure, play him down, and get him minutes, but it doesn't help. We can't replace him in that setting. So I would like for Rodney Redis to not be on the roster this coming year. Uh, that experience, that experiment has run its course. We know the outcome at this point. I don't think he's going to get much better. And if even if he does, I don't know that he's worth the money that he's on. Uh, I want to see them try to get him off
0: the roster in one way or another this year, and you feel like well i don't think there's i don't think there 's much question on this like, I mean the most likely option on that one is to to loan him out somewhere right and find somebody 's going to take some part of his salary I would think so um The
1: problem there is like okay we 're loaning him out and only the other team's only pay, paying part of his salary, and then we 're loaning Pochettino out and the other team's only paying part of his salary. those other parts that they 're not paying stay on our
0: salary budget <laughs> so right it, it, that takes up a big part of the money you saved on having danny Houston and uh andrew tarball the roster this year right if you're paying it for basically dead weight
1: right and so like selling them would be ideal but i don't know that they've done anything to warrant a sale that's worth your trouble and so i don't know i don't know what's going to happen but i would like to see neither of those guys on the roster
0: this year I will agree with you. I just don't see how it's going to happen, but there's smarter people in us that could hopefully figure that out. So Rodney is, uh,
1: if we don't have to buy out Pochettino, Rodney would be more of a candidate for that buyout. If, if they are desperate to get rid of him and, and to replace that spot, but we'll
0: see. Uh, Aaron Coronado, do you think we renegotiate Diego's contract, Diego's contract before the season or wait until after the season when it's about to expire? Um, do you see us making any big splash signings or sticking to smaller moves? Moves built around the core. I think we can probably take both of these, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I th- so Diego, I think you should get it done sooner rather than later. Um, The longer you let that kind of stuff go, the more contentious they seem to get. And so, I, I would like to see a, an extension get done this off season, and that way he can go into this new season happy and energized. Um. But, yeah, I don't think
0: you want to let that linger on for too long. I I agree with that. Right. And he got into a situation for, there's a lot of, there's a big situation in New England with a a lot of things going on. But I know one part of it is like him just not feeling loved. Right. Right. In New England. And so I think you definitely don't want to give them the same sense. I think that the move to uh, change agent shows that he's like ready to make a deal happen sooner rather than later. And I think it would be very smart for Austin to go ahead and do that. Now and not go into the season with that without a deal being done. I feel like if you go into the year without the deal being done, like your likelihood of re-signing him in the off-season, basically when his contract is more or less when it's about to expire, is probably much diminished. Right, and then the the chips are all in in the player's hand at
1: that point, right? Just because they can start shopping themselves other clubs and. Uh, essentially have counter offers available, which he can't do right now. He can maybe have an idea of what other teams would be willing to pay him. But right now, um, like when you get to the end of end of the contract and you can say like, no, no, this team is telling me that they're they'll pay me this much. What are you going to pay me? <laughs> and so, yeah, I, it gets complicated. Uh, as far as the second question, any big splash signings this off season? Um, I think there's potential for it. So as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago there's some big free agents available i think those are probably going to be the bigger big splash ones i think any like anything remotely splashy is going to come probably from within the league via trade or free agency signing other than that i think it's going to be finding those like perfect little
0: puzzle pieces to to fit into those open roster spots you mean given we don't have any dps and we maybe have won at a national spot. Like I guess where it has to come from. Um, but that's, a, those are the moves Austin made last year. Uh, and they obviously worked out really well in terms of building a club. And I think that the biggest potential for growth in this off season is still that Rigoni who's a designated player, like understands the system and understands the people around him. And like, he takes this next step to being a productive, um, influential player and i think that's probably the greatest opportunity to like make to, to 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 make a big transition from like 2022 to 2023. Right. And then if you add in
1: like a few more of your like Ethan Finleys, your like those kinds of players like those role player MLS veterans really good MLS teams bring those guys in and like find ways to get those guys in. And so i i would love to see the rest of like most of the rest of the spots be like proven MLS guys like I would be really happy with that
0: yeah totally yeah and that's like core of the team guys because like losing Felipe um obviously maybe Hector not coming back you know like you've lost some of that and you need to replace that with like that sort of veteran savvy locker room leader kind of player uh Rick Bendez
1: asks when do you think we'll hear more about the uh, Austin MLS next pro team name, roster, where they will begin, where they will be playing, et cetera. So um, where they'll be playing, I'm 95% sure they're going to be playing at the St. David's performance center, uh, which is where the first team trains. As far as name goes, I would guess, do you think by the end of the
0: year we should be hearing something? I would think so, but it's going to be something boring. Like Austin FC two. Like I, I wouldn't expect anything else. Do you? Yeah. No. I, like, so what team was
1: it? Was it Nashville that announced theirs recently? Somebody announced theirs recently. And it is in a different town from where they play. And so it's like the name of whatever town it's in. And so if Austin were going to be playing somewhere else, I could see them maybe going with a secondary brand because you're competing for like a separate market, essentially. You want to make them relevant in your market. So let's mark. let's, uh, brand it to this market with a team that's going to be playing in austin at the austin fc training facility i don't see any benefit to splitting the brand and so i think it will be something boring like austin fc too yeah
0: well the 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 the, tra- the traditional example is um oh it's the guy we just signed uh ocapa chavez right it's the seattle's what is uh, that tacoma. tacoma defiance yeah the T- tacoma defiance right it's a great affiliate because it's like a yeah again it's a different market so yeah i think. Do not think we will see anything interesting. And whenever we finally get some details on the MLS Next Pro Club, like we definitely need to have Sean Rubio or somebody who understands all this back on to explain it to people, because there's just not a lot that we know right now.
1: Uh, and as far I, as roster stuff, I know that there has been a team. I think primarily of, well, not primarily. It's some of the guys who have aged out of the academy, plus some other guys who have been put together. They've been playing, I want to say, in PSL teams. One of the like lower, it might not be in PSL, one of the other lower level like tiers of soccer in the U.S. They've been playing against those teams, and so they are at least be getting some minutes together. So I would guess we'll start hearing some like official stuff about roster in the next month or so. Um, I saw like maybe a month ago that they had posted the job for the head coach of that team. And so I think it should all start coming together here pretty quickly because they're going to be playing more or less the same schedule as MLS. And so they'll start in late February, most likely and we'll need to have everything put together by then. And so
0: I, I, I you would think they would have to be getting it all settled here pretty soon. Uh, what this is from Adam Houghton. What are the two or three short audio clips you play at the end of each episode after the closing song fades <laughs> out? Do you know what they are, Jeremiah? There's uh what is it? Thanks for nothing. Yeah. That's Maxi, is that right? It is, yeah. Okay. But I didn't know there were two. Like I didn't know what's the other it's, one. It's
1: all one clip that I like cut the okay. dead space out in between. Okay. But do you know what it's from? It's was it's, it's from like a midweek press conference from Last year,
0: if I remember right, no, is that this, correct? Is,
1: this is from Mate Convos. This is from like the oh, second no. or third oh, okay. episode of Mate Convos. And so, uh, it's Maxi <laughs> as Brad Stuver is walking out of the room, he says, Thanks for nothing, see you never. And he's like acting like he's like annoyed with Stuver being there, like, Get out of here, like, we don't want you here anymore. <laughs> and then the other two, what is it? Uh, it's Diego saying, La gente. Like the people, I don't know what he was saying because they're you know, there's like lean off mic and they're all talking over each other. So I honestly don't know what he's referring to. And then Dreussi is saying, Oh my god. And oh, so it's I just, remember that one. I forgot. Yeah. it's just all those like with the dead space cut out and put back to back to back because they were all in that one clip and I thought they were all really funny. So that's yeah, it's from Mate Combos.
0: I love it. Oh, this is a good one too. Uh from ATX Burk Camp Lover sixty nine sixty nine four twenty. Other than the obvious and correct answer of Olivier Giroud, if Austin FC were to sign an over thirty player from a big five European league, similar to the retirement contracts we so frequently see, who would you take and why? Oh man, Olivier Giroud is a pretty good shout. He is. He's so handsome too. Six years yeah.
1: old. He would definitely fit in on the uh, the swoon tower scale here. Very handsome. Um, I I really like his game as well. He is getting a little older, so maybe he wouldn't be the best fit in that regard as far as like finding like a working forward, maybe 36 year old legs aren't going to do that anymore. Uh, but we, we did a little bit of research and had, had some picks.
0: Do you want to, do you want to tell yours first? I will go with my pick and it's a total Homer pick. Uh, Homer, not being an Austin FC Homer, but Homer being a Liverpool Homer, uh, James Milner. Oh uh, yeah. James Milner plays anywhere on the midfield in both fullback spots. I think he's thirty He's also thirty-six. He's thirty-six, but, but he's, man, the he's guy, got
1: he's got twenty-nine-year-old legs that one. The
0: guy's in amazing shape. I feel like he would definitely fit in very well in the handsome boys modeling football club spot. And he's super flexible and could fill a lot of positions of need, you know, anywhere for Austin FC, just like he has he's played central midfield, right midfield, left midfield, left back, right back, and defensive mid all like in the last couple of years for Liverpool. So like whatever spot you need to put him in whatever club cup competition you could do that so james milner would be my pick and that's a josh wolf player if i've ever seen one absolutely (laughs) and a josh wolf interview like he would never say anything interesting (laughs) if you if you don't follow boring james milner on twitter you should do that and it's hard to tell the difference between that one and like the real james milner uh i had a
1: couple of picks and they're also various forms of homer picks so I lived in the Basque country and so I was looking at Basque players who are over 30. Uh, the one, the, the Basque player I would love to have gotten and he's retired in coaching at this point is Xavi Alonso. Uh, I really love how that guy played. Uh, but he's retired at this point, a guy who is still playing and is Basque and we got a, uh, like who's going to replace Felipe's poop housing question. This would kill two birds with one stone is your, your over 30 retirement player. Plus the poop housing is under Herrera. Oh yeah. Played for, uh, played for Manchester United and PSG. And then he's on loan somewhere else at this point. But, um, yeah, that would, that would check a few boxes for me is like the guy who's gonna play a little bit dirty, but in a way that is good for the team. And then also get me a best player on the team. The other one, the other one that like there's been rumors that he's signing with Miami is just a guy I really love watching play is Sergio Busquets. Uh, That was my first, my first soccer love was the 2010 Barcelona team when I was spent a semester over there. Um, And yeah, I just, I just love the way that guy plays. Uh, As far as personality goes, I don't know if I would like him as much as (laughs) some of our current players, but uh, as far as the on-field product, that's about as, as good as it gets for me. Are
0: right, you want to do this one? Uh, we got a question from Tom Halleck here and then maybe, and then I guess we're going to ask about your immune system. We had several questions about that. from Twitter. <laughs> but first go with Tom, a lot of focus and I don't have a good answer to this one. We'll be on the additions of the roster in 2023. Who do you think won't be with the team by the end of the season? I think we've covered a little bit of who we don't want to be on the team with it being Rodney and Bunch yeah, I
1: have no idea. I mean, yeah, Rodney Pochettino talking about like trades. I could see someone like I don't like Johan Romagna. If maybe they see they they're happy with what they saw throughout the season, like okay, he's he's a viable backup. But if we do say like my dream comes true and we we sign Collins, and Romagna all of a sudden becomes like fourth or fifth string on that depth chart. Is it worth keeping him at that point on the money that he's on? I think you then like try to deal him, and that's the kind of guy that I could see going within MLs and it being like a pretty good deal for the other team in cer- in certain cases so uh but as far as like that's just an example though like I honestly don't know I could see some of these guys being dealt or moved on, but I could not pick out one guy and say like this is the most likely
0: option yeah I think if you if you look at it seems like the people that have the most demand or players who are going to move within the league. So maybe, like, if you get another fullback, like, is Nick Lima happy sitting on the bench? You know, that that's an option. I think maybe if Rigoni develops, does Ethan Finley want to not play? You know, like, those those are a couple that I could see maybe just because known commodities in the league tend to seem to have some value, like to other clubs, that maybe they move on, but I would, would not like either of those players to move on i think it would be bad for the depth of austin fc if that was to happen yeah i agree so like i think outgoing players at
1: this point are going to be pretty limited but it could still happen okay uh next one comes from jj this one's from twitter uh what is the going
0: buzz oh this is on the nickname um Hmm. i mean i hate nicknames and i hate mascots And so I just hope that we just, like, stay away from both of them. I don't know. What do you think
1: about that? I, like, if we're gonna... It seems like there's quite a few people kind of, like, trying to make fetch happen in one way or another and, like, trying to pick one and make it stick and none of them are sticking. (laughs) And so I think it would be nice if there was one, but I just don't understand what's going to be. I, like... Honestly, the supporters group stole the best one, I think, with Los Verdes. I think like that would have been pretty good for the team, but uh,
0: taken. Again, again a surprise that they let us do that. Like yeah. I was in the conversation. I was like, what would you guys think if we named our supporters group Los Verdes? And they're like, go for it. It's like, cool. Yeah. yeah, that's weird. Um, so, I don't know. I th-
1: I think like the Verde would be the most like easy to write, rolls off the tongue the bit. So like the English article, Spanish, Verde. Yeah. But I, don't, I know there's probably a lot of people who would disagree with that. Some people like El Tri. Uh Some people don't like that one. Uh, there's a bunch of others that I think you'll find more people that don't like them than people that do like them. And so I don't think we're any closer than we were a year ago to answering this question.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that, other than the teams that have, like the Seattle Sounders, I feel like that's more of a European thing than MLS thing. Anyhow, like I don't like what, what do people call, LAFC? Well, like, uh, other than LAFC. The black
1: black and gold is LAFC. Uh, the five stripes in Atlanta, um, the New Yorks is they're Some a lot of people call them the Pigeons, which I absolutely love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there are some teams that have like nicknames that have stuck to lesser or greater degrees. But yeah, I don't know if I'm sure
0: one will eventually stick with Austin. I just hope it's not a terrible one. <laughs> Let's go to these two from Tony and Pedro and then we'll make this the last two. Uh, Tony Cardoni, why didn't Landon eat his green beans at Thanksgiving dinner like a growing boy needs <laughs> to stay healthy? I think this is related here. Or maybe you, I think it's you had food poisoning, right? So the question is really is maybe what did you eat as opposed to like what you skipped?
1: Yeah. And Pedro's question is, what formation would Landon's immune system run and who would be the the defenders? (laughs) Uh, So there was a point during Thanksgiving where me and Ashley were like, we went into town to visit her grandmother and we're going to be on our own for dinner. And we were like, we should eat vegetables because we haven't really done that this week. Um, But as far as the formation, it would definitely be like 2021 Austin FC, where you're playing overlapping fullbacks, all out offense, and then two super slow center backs who have no (laughs) chance of, of stopping any counterattack on their own. Uh, that's definitely what, what formation I'm running (laughs) as far as my immune system goes.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, I think it's a good place to stop. <laughs> Just go ahead and close yeah, and I think get so. to next week. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thanks for sending all the questions, everybody. Uh, we didn't know what we were going to talk about, but then you guys gave us tons of tons of content. So we appreciate it. Before we wrap up, we'd like to remind you to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Um, find us on Twitter at elviahero 87 and at J Bentley underscore ATX. And then at Moon Tower Soccer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, as always, sign up for the Patreon. You can send in questions, give us, uh, input on the show. We'll ask for feedback pretty regularly. I owe some people, some merch kits. So if you've been waiting on that for a little bit, I greatly apologize and I'll get those out ASAP. But, um, and then we'd also like to encourage you to visit the striker website where you can get a 30% discount with the code moon tower 22 with a capital M Jeremiah, what should folks look out look out for this week?
0: Well, it's two two things this week. One is the ongoing World Cup coverage. There's uh, Phil and Victor and a lot of other folks have done a good job of covering covering that. And then also, for those of you that are Eastern Conference fans, uh, you know Sam Jones writes for the Striker, and he wrote a good piece on five takeaways from the Garth Lagerway introductory press conference. So I think it was a really interesting piece and an interesting bit of uh, you know seeing how MLS moves forward in 2023.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great example there. Like I, I don't read every atlanta united piece but i'm very interested in this loggerway hiring at at atlanta and i also really like sam's writing so this is an excellent reason to to subscribe to the striker that's not related to austin fc all right well thanks so much for listening everybody we uh we appreciate everyone checking out the show spreading the word we'll be back next week with some more austin fc news and possibly a guest interview is that right it's possible
0: We'll see. Okay. We're working on it.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, until then, I'm Landon Cotton.
0: I'm Jeremiah Bentley. We'll catch you next time. When is around.
1: Thank for nothing. you never.
0: Oh, my God.